everybody, welcome to another episode of the Haas Talks Foss. I'm here with Matthias Crawwells from Pythian, um, a community member who has spoken at many Percona Lives and is a prolific blogger um, and has uh, established himself in the MySQL community, helping a lot of different people as he's doing consulting work around MySQL for Pythian. Hello, Matthias. How are you doing? Hey, Matt. I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. And so how was the weather there in, in Belgium? Uh, it's a bit colder this this week. It was uh, very hot last week, uh, but then uh, it was also hot in the night, so you couldn't sleep well. But now it's it's a lot cooler, so it's it's actually pretty decent now. So <laughs> good. Well, that's good. And so I did want to give a shout out to uh, Matthias's guitars, which are cool. Um, and and as you watch this video, if you're watching live, uh, you know. Uh, I have the no background, so you know behind. You know, as you watch the video, like it'll just be the floating background, my floating head. Whereas you get the cool guitars. Uh, if 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 you're if you're just listening um, and you don't see, uh, Matthias has guitars behind him, which is way cooler, and it makes me jealous that I need to like rearrange my office and how I record. So yeah, ah. my, my my wife was a bit angry of the location that I put them initially because there's a stairs coming up. Uh, right oh. behind it, <laughs> but I, I I thought it was cool to put them there. So it, it's it, yes, and now you have proof it's recorded. Yes, so you can say like, look, other people think this is cool. <laughs> yes, I will show her that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, Matthias, you know, um, maybe just give people who aren't familiar with you, haven't heard you speak, uh, the briefest of overviews about you. Uh, so I'm Matthias. I live in Belgium. Um, I've been working for Pythian for the last four years almost. Um, and I'm a MySQL DBA. Um, and I've spoken on many Percona Lives, initially mostly about high availability in the last few talks about uh, other things like uh, Linux and backups and things like that. So you you like to handle those topics that sometimes people are like, Oh my God, those are boring, but they're so needed, right? Yes. Like, let's be honest, you know, security and backups are, you know, two things that people don't like to think about, but they have to think about. Yeah. It's not, it's not the most sexy of topics uh, if you talk about those, but it, it's, it's really needed. And especially the SLinux talk, it came from something that, that we encountered in our daily work. And, and typically what, what we do is, uh, Lafrette once asked me and told me, life is too short for SLinux. And, uh, <laughs> and, but uh, we, we, what we usually do is we turn it off. Uh, but then we had a compliance team coming back and us you can't turn it off in our environment. And so we had to learn how to deal with it. And so I had some research about it and then I decided to write a conference talk about it. Well, and that's funny because I remember back in the day. So, you know, those who don't know, I I used to do what Matthias does, which is consulting. And so my job was helping customers and everything else. And I remember when SE Linux was introduced and it was like, what is this and why is it killing my database? Um, and so, yes, the the old, old, old school was turn this off because it just doesn't work. Um, and, and you know, yeah, and, and I can relate to the life is too short for it, but you're right. Compliance teams um, now are requiring a lot more security measures in order to secure their databases. Um, nobody likes to see their data leak. Now, um, 
interestingly enough, most data problems, data leaks, you know, security issues end up not necessarily being, um, you know, something that would have been prevented from SE Linux per se. Uh, most of them are because people are kind of, um, no, they, they, they don't know that they should set a password. Um, they've they've taken backups and left them unencrypted on S3 buckets. Um, you know, they've, uh, you know, left their applications, you know, wide open. So it's, it's more like they've got this giant, you know, neon sign that says, come on in. Enter here. <laughs> yeah, enter here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back entrance for, you know, like free data, right? You know, um, and so, but, you know, as you started to look at some of those SE Linux things, what were some of the things that kind of surprised you? Um, so for MySQL, out of the box, it, it really kind of works. So the default SE Linux that's def deployed with most Linux editions that I tried just allows uh, the right uh, things for MySQL to be in place. So if you don't change like a data directory or port, it should just work out of the box. The trouble starts when you start moving things around to different locations. Like if, if some clients that we have like to have their data in slash data instead of varlib MySQL, and then um, that's that's where the problem starts if you have to use SLinux and, and keep it on. So then, then MySQL won't start and you're like there, why won't you start? I did everything right. And, and the first few times it, it takes you a little bit of time to figure out, oh, right, SLinux. Um, and then usually you can you can then quickly turn it off to, to tests. But then if you have to continue working on that, then you have to figure out the right policies in the right context, put everything in place, then make sure you apply everything correctly. So that was that was a bit of a, of a search. I, I wrote that presentation initially for, uh, for FOSDEM uh, in Brussels, uh, I think two years ago now. And then uh, I also submitted for Pocono Live, I think last year, and then I, I presented it there also. So yeah, and uh, both talks are actually online, yeah. um, so you can get them on YouTube if you are interested in um, avoiding any sort of like you know issues with SE Linux. Now, in your travels as a consultant, um, are there other things that you've seen people do or implement uh, from a security perspective to keep their data secure in addition to SE Linux? Uh, SE Linux is, is still something that that mostly gets turned off, in my opinion. It's just some okay. some customers that that require it. Um, security wise, mostly the databases are in in a, in a, net, a secure network where there's no entry from outside unless you have the correct VPN and and accounts, or you use some kind of jump host to to get get access to it. Um, but really special. Um, measurements for security, I, I, I haven't seen much. Um, so we have clients that, uh, that that use LDAP authentication for MySQL, which is a convenient way of, of, of keeping your, uh, not having shared passwords. Let's, let's go there. Uh, so um, that, that's something that I, that I was very surprised to find when I started as a consultant, that many companies still use shared passwords for for us as consultants entering, so they have they created like a Pitian account, and we all have to use the same account. And I, whenever we onboard people, I I try to tell them like avoid that because every time someone a consultant leaves, we have to all go change the passwords, and it's 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 a hassle. Uh, so so just create like a personal account. If someone leaves, you can just log that account, and nothing nothing can access it anymore. Um, yeah, and I think that you know for for a lot of people. 
um, you know, depending on the size of the company, you know, you start to implement those those additional things. Like larger companies typically do quite a bit of auditing, so um, having a shared account really screws up the ability yeah. to audit, right? Sure. So you can't say, you know, um, you know, Matt went in and deleted this data, or you know, you know, did this this stuff that he shouldn't have, yeah, um, and sure. so. Keeping that shared account is not necessarily a good thing, but even a lot of applications end up having all you know shared accounts. Um, and and the bigger that you go, the the more that you start to see some of those you know changes. So encrypted backups, you know, obviously are something that you know is is a recommendation, especially if you're going to push things out to the cloud. Um, you know, like I like I mentioned, there's just so many S3 buckets that are just exposed with yeah. you know full backups of data. People, right. people um, think that no one can access it because no one knows the URL, but URL crawlers are very good these days. <laughs> and they, yeah, they, yeah. They, they can figure out a lot of things. So, yeah. Well, and, um, yeah, there's people who just, that, that's all they do is they, they go out there and they look. And now some of them are white hats because they're looking for security issues, um, you know, and, and helping people avoid them. Other people are, you know, looking for data to resell, yeah. um, you know, bustling business. Um, so it's, it's a very big business uh, with, with selling that data and, and trying to hold you ransom with, with ransomware uh, until you pay a lot of money to, to someone, to a hacker, for giving you a decryption key, which might not even work if you, if you, even if you pay. So it's, it's very, very dangerous. And, and we experienced that with one of our customers where, where they were running uh, MySQL on a Windows server and they were held hostage by, by someone. Uh, who encrypted their file system and they couldn't access their data anymore. And we, we said, like, yeah, they, they came to us, like, can you help us? And we were like, yeah, where's your backups? And they were like, we don't have backups. So we were like, nothing you can really do at that point. Oh, yeah. I mean, and th that's unfortunate because, you know, yeah. th those those security issues, um, you know, that caused that and, you know, they've just been on the rise. But um, once you have those you know, that, that, that exposed entry, you know, all hands are off. Now, you know, I'll get back to, you know, back in the day, you know, when I started at MySQL, um, one of the, the people who I had to shadow was Monty Taylor. And I remember Monty telling me, um, you know, the security in MySQL is completely secondary or it doesn't really matter if you don't secure your operating system. And if someone gets access to your network, they're going to get your data some way or somehow. Yeah. Um, and, and that's that's true, right? Um, because, you know, the MySQL setup could, on that, that machine that you mentioned, that Windows machine, could have been totally secure, but they just encrypted the file system and, like, locked people <laughs> out. So, true. And there, there wasn't any backup, so what are you going to do? But well, what, what can you do at that point? There's there's just nothing you can do. You can you can try to brute force and de decrypt things, but that, that will take ages to, do, to, to, to get into that, so... Yeah, and it's it, it's it's often that human error that that kind of like yeah. you know somebody somebody clicked at something they shouldn't have somebody opened up something they shouldn't have and it's caused you know a cascading impact um, mm -hmm. across the machines and the systems and I think that's where you know like your other talk which is specifically on backups and kind of the backup landscape is mm -hmm. um, interesting because not only do you need to secure your systems for you know the the security issues, and make sure you have a backup in case you know there, there's something that that gets exposed, um, and make sure that those are secure. But also, you have to ensure that you know you've got backups for when there is a actual crash or something uh, that happens, and you know it's critical. 
It's it's just like like the the chat you had with Pep a few weeks ago. You were also talking about backups, and he was telling you like you don't you don't need backups until you need them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he he made the the really great point that it's not about the backups; it's about the recovery. Yeah. Like backups that, don't matter. That's that's also one of my first slides in this talk uh, about the backups. If you don't test your backups, if you don't try to recover them on a regular basis, you don't have backups. We consider you don't have backups. Yeah, and I've talked about this before that I worked, um, or I didn't work personally. We we had a uh, when I was running consulting, um, we had a, a customer who came to us, and they were a really big um, social media company. You know, a unicorn status like billion dollars, right? Mm -hmm. And they had moved data centers from data center A to B um, a few months earlier and forgot to turn on the backups. Um, and after doing that, someone ran a Ruby migration and uh, it dropped the tables and recreated them or something similar to that um, and wiped out their data. And they're like, oh my God, we, you know, everything's gone. And they went to go get the backups or weren't in. Mm -hmm. And uh you know, I, I remember we, we we did a lot of forensic data recovery to get them up, but they were out for four days. And after a four day outage, you know, within six months of that, they were out of business. Yeah, bro. Um, I can and, and, and I mean, I mean, like that's that's a crazy, you know, you know, story, a crazy impact. And um, but it's it happens quite a bit. And, um, and, and that's not a small company where there's only one DBA forgetting something. That's just an entire organization missing missing checks to yeah. It's and, it, and it's it's not that like you know again they had the backup process they had the backup scripts. It's just you you flip you you made a small change or a big change in this case, <laughs> but but you know like moving from data center A to B. And data, the, you know, the old data center still had the backups running there, and you know yeah, but that it, data wasn't updated. Anymore. Same thing can happen on, on a small change. If if you like have one server that's that, that's due for decommissioning because it's out of warranty, and you need to move your database to another, and you forget to turn on the backup on the new database server, then you can run into trouble. Well, yeah, and I've seen that as well as uh, failover systems, you know, mm -hmm. kind of like flip around, right? So, you know, maybe you know you've got you know. Um, uh, a machine offline for maintenance that happens to be the machine that you use, you know, take backups on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's true. Yeah. It's it's a problem. Um, we we always try to to have at least a few locations where backups can be taken, and then we we usually write the script to check whether the backup, the, what's the most recent backup and where it was taken, and we we keep track of that. Um, and so if if one of those servers fails, then another one is is scheduled to pick it up. And also we we have uh, monitoring on on the log files and and to check the age of the log file. So if the the file is is two days old, uh, an alert gets triggered and and someone will have to go check to to see or it will keep paging them. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. the it's the only way to ensure that 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 people people follow up on those alerts because if if you don't and 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 you just get an email, you uh, I'll I'll check that next week because I'm I'm working on something right now and then next week yeah I was delayed or something or something else and and, and suddenly you're three four weeks without backups and well and this is where it gets kind of interesting so. You know, a lot of people will forgo backups because they've got the redundancy on the file system and an external file system. So if the machine goes away or the machine crashes, they'll just mount the EBS volumes in another location. And, you know, since Amazon 
you know, will take copies behind the scenes of their EBS files. It protects their data. So what do you say to those people? Now, I, I know what I would say, but, you know, <laughs> what, you know, like when you when you run into a situation like that, you know, what, 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 what do you think? You, usually those th those kind of setups are, are more for like high availability and not for disaster recovery because this, when disaster strikes, when, when, when Amazon has a, a data center burning down, it's not happening regularly, but it happens, then, then they st you still lose all that data or le less less impactful than, than Amazon burning down a data center might be a developer dropping a table and it gets replicated through your entire system and the data is gone on all, all of the servers. You might have a delayed replica, but what are the chances for you knowing within the time frame for that delay uh, that, that there's something wrong? If you delete the table, it can be that your application starts erroring and then you know, oh, something is wrong. But if you delete some records and you don't immediately know, then, then yeah. What do you do? Well, and this is this is where it's interesting when you talk about the deletes and you talk about that cascading impact. I think that, you know, like, you know, some people will have that delayed replica. They will have, you know, something that they can quickly fail over to. Mm -hmm. But you mentioned a good point, which is people don't think of the recovery time that it takes to actually diagnose and figure out. Yeah. Right. It's, it's not obvious within like a five minute or a 10 minute window. That it's you know oh the application's erroring what 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 happened where you know and and the fact that you have to log in check what is going on and then find out it's you know table X was you know had its data deleted or whatever um, and why it had it deleted and then you know stop the application you know and then like I mean like all of these things take time. Yeah. And, you know, I have seen this, you know, before where people have relied on a delayed replica. And as they rely on that delayed replica, um, you know, they'll they'll, you know, have an hour delay or something. It takes them an hour and 30 minutes to find and diagnose the problem. And the replica is already <laughs> like, whoop, it's gone. It's gone. Right. <laughs> um, you know, uh, so that 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 whole, you know recovery from that that replica it, it, yeah it's, it's but, 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 but even if you diagnose it before that that replica is 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 in trouble you, you stop replication there and and you, you you have one one server that has the data that's that's correct but you need to redistribute all that data to all of the other replicas in your environment in order because one server usually cannot serve the traffic so you you, you need to recreate a number basically an entire new topology from that one replica to in order for you to get to get started uh, uh, fresh, and that that might not take minutes, but that might, might take hours or even days to get it fully fully running and provisioned. So, look look at the outage that that GitHub had uh, the big one in 2018, where they had a failover by orchestrator to the to the other data center, and then they realized that uh, like about 40 minutes in, oh, we have to fail back, and it took them 12 hours to prepare the environment to to get ready again. So. It's 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 a risk that that that's there if you use automation and if you all the all the safeguards you have in place, but it, it's still there's still always a risk if if you do things in an automated way because automation can fail, automation can can trigger other problems. So yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, and, and I mean I think that you know that that automation 
triggers other other problems is a whole other area. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I've I've done a lot of um, looking and digging into uh, outages, especially in cloud providers, uh, but but also large SaaS providers over the last few years. And it's so amazing that you know as we start to automate more and more of our operations, which we have to because you know we're talking about thousands or tens of thousands of machines. You know, we have to rely on that automation. It is so easy for you to make one small mistake that's replicated ten thousand times now. Yes, right. I, and I, it, yeah, I, I know. It's it's uh, my my comment about automation was not at all to stop people from using automation because automation is the way the way forward. We have to automate ourselves out of a job as consultants. That that's 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 basically what we do. <laughs> um, but yeah. The, the point is to, to have enough security checks, to have enough safeguards, to have enough points where you can say, oh, stop right here because this is going wrong. And that, that is that is the, the hard part of, of getting your automation to, to work the proper way. Nine out of ten times it does perfectly what you ask it, but that one time, it, it – yeah. Yeah, and I mean I think this is where it's – um, really interesting because I think that um, we've gotten a little less um, focused or a little maybe a little lazy as a, as, a, as a society when it comes to, you know, testing and making assumptions on, you know, hey, the, this this worked in this, you know, smaller environment. This worked in this, you know, and making those assumptions that, yeah, it should just, you know, continue to work. And, you know, we, when we look at like modern application design, you're looking at a lot of continuous integration, continuous deployment. You're looking at constantly deploying changes and you're constantly deploying those changes potentially across hundreds or thousands of servers. Yes, it's almost impossible to do a test on all the permutations, uh, you know, with all the workloads across that size of an mm -hmm. organization. Yeah, we are, we are currently working with a, with a very sizable client where they're where we are in charge of their testing environment. So they hired us on to 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 fix their testing environment because their developers were really. In trouble uh, because the internal team cares about the production environment. Of course, the, that's what brings in the money. What 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 makes the revenue? Um, so so keeping production running is 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 their prime target and their prime concern. But the testing environment is equally important because if the if the testing environment is just like done for a day, they might have x number of developers sitting there twiddling their thumbs because yeah we, we can't we can't work because the database is down the testing database and and even it goes one step further because they have all of their all of their systems are replicated in their testing environment and then they start while they're developing they they just need their own database to talk to but once they start going into integration testing and running their ci pipeline um, to see if their change will actually work in, in the rest of the ecosystem, then there might be a database down somewhere on the other end of the system, which breaks their pipeline, and then they're still stuck. So it's a, it's a challenging task uh, to, to, to do proper testing, to do proper um, uh, setup of, of, your, of your environments. But yeah, it, it's, it's really necessary. And yeah, testing costs money. Backups cost money. Um, uh, but in the end, if you don't have backups and you have a disaster like that, that customer that I that I talked about with the ransomware, they went out of business because yeah, 
they lost all their data, so they, they, they couldn't yeah, they couldn't provide anything to their customers anymore. So they just they just went bankrupt. Wow. Yeah, I mean and and you know, th- these are relatively small in terms of like, you know, one little tiny system, you know, in a in a what could be a very large corporate network, but it has the impact of potentially making or breaking your entire organization. Yep. And that's a really powerful and really um, an exclamation point on why you need to be so certain that, you know, not only is that system really secure, but you have the redundancies in place to make sure that um, you can survive those relatively bad days. Mm-hmm. And not only that, think of the impact on your customer base. I mean, th- there's a cascading impact that I don't think people, you know, realize, you know, okay, so this one company went out of business. Well, maybe they had 300 employees. That's 300 families. That's potentially, you know, a couple thousand people who are impacted by that company going out of business. Then their customers, depending on what they're doing, that could be, you know, um, 500 customers who are relying on that for their business. So now their business is impacted for, you know, uh, you know, how many ever weeks Mm -hmm. the data that they used or that they stored is no longer accessible. So they can't take that data and be portable and move it somewhere else. And I think that we're building a very fragile ecosystem here. Um, Especially when you look at, you know, some of these companies in the SaaS space, you know, when you're saying like, Oh, I'm going to outsource my payroll, you know, or I'm going to outsource my, you know, benefits to this company. You're relying on them Mm -hmm. to, not only secure the data, but also have those redundancies in place. And if they don't, then you might not get paid. I might not get paid, right? Because, you know, or- Imagine that payroll company having that kind of issue where they're not available for four or five days where they cannot do payment processing. How many people are waiting for their salary to be paid out? It's yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. So the cascading I, impact's massive. Yeah. So yeah. If a giant snowball rolling down the hill. Wow, this has turned into a very depressing talk. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, we have to yeah, laugh, uh, laugh more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need, we need we need to go to a, a more interesting topic, right, yeah. or something a bit more uplifting. So, um, you know, Matthias, you know, maybe we can we can end on this here uh, because we want to end on the high note. Is there is there something that you're starting to look at, play with, you know, test out that's really exciting? I like to ask people about some new technologies and new things they're learning. And uh, you know, have them share some of the interesting, fun things. I, I, uh, maybe I, that they. I, I made a very um, blunt statement yesterday in our team meeting, uh, and I, I told people, if you want to run MySQL on uh, on Kubernetes, you're gonna you're gonna want to run Vitesse. Oh, okay. <laughs> because they 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 do manage the entire solution. Uh, the sharding is something you get extra. Um, but you don't have to use it if if you run just your 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 high available cluster on on Vitesse. It, it's taken care for you for high availability. It will do backups. It will do online schema changes. It it will do all the things for you right now. So, and that's something so, that's something that I really I'm really interested in, in in starting to use much more about. So that's that's for me that's that's the promising thing in in the MySQL ecosystem right now. Cool. Yeah. And I mean, I think that gets back to that automation and it gets back to being able yeah. to 
you know, um, as you said, automate yourself out of a job, um, which I don't think will actually happen. You'll just automate the more mundane things away, um, because I think that there will always be a role for troubleshooting yeah. and trying to find out why those applications are, you know, are being impacted by those gremlins. Um you know, so I, I do think that VTES is a great technology. It's something that a lot of people are uh, starting to look into. Um, I think that the you know the, that the whole operator movement in a Kubernetes space, um, okay. you know, uh, you know, will will start to emerge even more over the next year. Um, I think that having the capabilities um, to just automatically run kind of your own mini database as a service is critical because hmm. let's be honest, when you look at these cloud providers, their growth in the database as a service space, it's really a a powerful message mm -hmm. for developers to say, I click a button and it just magically happens. Yeah. Now, as a, as a former DBA, as someone in the infrastructure space, I go, oh my God, you click a, a button and you never touch it again. Ah! <laughs> you know, um, you know, like that's bad because everything's going to change. But um I do like the fact that we're getting more options to make it easier to get started and get rid of those boring things. Yep, true. Yeah, the, the yeah. easy tasks are, are already done by the by the cloud providers, and and we just get the exciting challenges of of fixing the difficult ones. Yeah. All right. Well, Matthias, thank you for joining me today. I, I hope you uh, enjoyed our chat. I did. Um, and if you want to check out uh, any of Matthias's talks, they are up on YouTube uh, or on the uh, Percona channel, uh, our Percona website. Yep. Um, you know, you can also check out Matthias's blog on the Pythians blog space. So he, he does uh, blog quite regularly as well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but thanks for joining. All right. Bye, Matt. Take care. Wow, what a great episode that was. We really appreciate you coming and checking it out. We hope that you love open source as much as we do. If you like this video, go ahead and subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And of course, tune in to next week's episode. We really appreciate you coming and talking open source with us.